Mama said, don't give up, it's a little complicated. They say it's all been done, but they haven't seen the best of me. So I got one more run, and it's gonna be a sight to see. at RHS. I'm happy that you're here this morning. I was a little scared with the weather report, like no one would come out. So it's amazing you're here. I thought I'd be speaking to an uh, empty auditorium. And since you're here, and it's so nice that you came in the cold, I thought we'd start with a little bit of a game. And the game is guess the word, all right? You got to see if you can guess this word. Don't holler out, just, just you'll know if you were right or not. But it's a verb, so an action word, right? We're in a school. Verbs are action words. It's an action word. It starts with the letter F. And this word is a word that Christian people, I think, everywhere struggle to understand. Or this action is something that Christian people everywhere struggle to understand. I think Christians even struggle to do it. And sometimes Christian people even struggle to accept it. So it's a word that starts with an F. Uh, The word is, you can choose from one of these on the screen... The word is, (laughs) no, not fishing, forgiven. Fishing would be correct 99% of the time at RCC, but today it's forgiven. Whether it's forgiven or forgive or forgiving or forgiveness, forget it. Because Christians everywhere struggle with this. I've been at RCC almost 17 years. And I would say one of the most common struggles that I've heard about over the years from so many different people all through the years is, how do I feel forgiven, Mike? How do I feel forgiven? How do I know for sure that I'm forgiven by God? How can I know that? So we're going to talk about it today. We've always been very transparent as a church. We're going to, we can talk about anything here at RCC. So we're just going to talk about it. And my goal this morning is this. Your life will be changed for the better this week. That's my goal. And I know it sounds audacious and maybe you think I'm nuts. But, but I believe it's possible. I believe that your life can be changed for the better this week. I believe that all week you can be happy that you spent 25 minutes here today listening to a talk on forgiveness. So I'm going to begin with a question. Are there choices that you've made in your past that still haunt you from time to time? Or how about this? Do you have, do you have daily reminders sometimes of past bad decisions? For me, they, they, they put up the pictures of the shoes because that, that's a reminder for me. Um, we have this closet at home. It's in the hallway, and there's coats in the closet and shoes in the closet. That's what we keep in there. And every time I go in there to get some shoes or, or a coat, I, I see this pair of shoes. It's not these. It's similar to these, in, kind of in the corner of the closet. And every time I see them, it, it, it's like a bad reminder for me. Here's the story. Um, Janet and I were on vacation, and we're, we're like, we like to be super active. We do a ton of stuff when we're on vacation. But sometimes when you line up events, it's hard to get from one thing to another without having dead time in between. So we had this hour or two window in between with nothing to do, and we thought since we're traveling from one thing to another, we passed this mall. We just stop in at this mall in this other city and kind of check out the mall, see what they got. So we go on into the mall, and we're looking around, and um, we're, we're in a big store, and Janet's shopping over there, and I'm shopping over here, and, and, I, and, and well, hold it, there's one more thing. Um, before I tell you the shopping part of it, uh, I'll, I'll admit to you this morning, um, I've got a thing for Russian women. Um, n- not like a, like a bad thing thing, you know, not like that, that kind of thing. Um, I got this thing for Russian women that I'm, 
I'm just kind of afraid of them. I don't know if it's the area I grew up in. I don't know if I watched too much of, what is it, Rocky Four. I'm not sure. But, but I, I'm just, I, I like Russian women just fine. I like them fine, okay? So I, I don't want to say that. But, but I'm a little afraid all the time. So we're shopping, and I'm on my own in the shoe department of this big store. And I'm looking at this pair of shoes, similar to those, not those, similar to those. And I'm looking at this pair of shoes, and they look just like a pair of shoes I have at home. And I'm kind of curious about them. Like, how are they different? How much do they cost? They're, they're just like this pair I have at home. Is it more in this big city to buy shoes there? I'm just thinking about this stuff as I look at these shoes. And this woman walks up. And she's like as tall as me and as Russian as could be. And, and she walks up and says something like, so you like the shoes? And, yeah, I, I, I like the shoes. You, you try on shoes. Okay. Um, and, and I wear a size 12. These were a 13. I knew they were going to be too big, but she told me to try them on. I'm a little afraid of this girl. So I go ahead and sit down and, you know, try on, try on the shoes. And I get up and I walk in front of the little shoe mirror thing. And I never knew what to do with the shoe mirror things because I don't know if that's the shoes are supposed to see themselves or if I'm supposed to look in it. So I'm all confused with the mirror. And she's standing right there. And I'm a little nervous with her. And she's like, you like shoes, yes? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I like the shoes, but they're 13. I wear 12. They're too big. And I go to sit down. And she says something like, I go look for the shoes. And, and so I'm taking these off. She's gone. She comes back with a size 12 in a box. And she says, you like shoes, yes? Yes, I like the shoes. I get you shoes. And she hands me the shoes. So now i got this size 12 shoe in a box in my hand. And, and I don't know what to do with it. Like, do you just put it down? What do you do? And she says, you buy shoes, yes? Yes. Yes, I buy shoes. So I, I, I literally go, I go to the little counter in the shoe department, I buy the shoes, I find Janet, and she's like, what, 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 you got shoes? Let me see. And I show her, she's like, you already got shoes like that. I'm like, I know, but she was Russian. I didn't know what to do. And she knows me, she got it, she, she understands my fears. That may be a, a, a silly reminder, but it's there. Every time I see them, I remember this past mistake, and I wish I wouldn't have done it. Do you have memories of past mistakes that don't go away? Or maybe there's a trigger that kind of you see it or hear it, and it's like, man, you go right back to that mistake that you made. Or, or, or do you have these regrets in life that you just keep coming back to and you can't let go? Or what about this? What's the secret shame that bothers you? The moment I said it, it was in your mind. It's in your mind. No one had to tell you. It just pops in. You can't help it. And right now, you wouldn't want anyone in the room to be able to read your mind. And we beat ourselves up with it. It's very common. I get to talk to a lot of people, and I'm just going to tell you, I've heard this a lot of times. It's very common. The bad part, though, is it's destructive. When we beat ourselves up with with memories of mistakes from our past, we get locked in the past. And it ruins the opportunity that we have to move into our God-ordained future of what God could have for us. It ruins it. This future that he's designed, we're still stuck with our mistakes in the past. And it doesn't work. Doctors will tell you it can cause stress in your life. It can even cause physical ailments. It's just bad for you. Everyone knows it's bad. And God knows all about our mistakes. He, 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 He saw it. He knows all about it. The good news is, though, that no matter what, he promises to forgive you, and he put it in the Bible for all time. 
Here it is. God forgives you. From Isaiah, chapter 1. God says, come now, let's settle this. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. Does it sound too good to be true for you? Like I'm reading straight from the Bible. This is what God said. It's been recorded for all of history. Does it sound too good to be true? Well, if I'm going to keep it real here this morning, for me it doesn't sound too good to be true, really. I, I believe it. I like that it's true, but I still struggle with it. If I'm being honest, I still struggle with it. Sometimes I honestly just don't understand why. Like, why does God do it like this? I and mean, I work at a church, and I've been to seminary and all that stuff, but sometimes I still wonder, why? Why, God? Why would you set it up this way? I don't really get it all the time. Or even worse, I'm just going to go ahead and admit this, even worse, sometimes I don't like it. Sometimes I see people do things or hear about things done in the news or wherever, and it's so bad, I don't want God to forgive them. What they did was too bad, and it's just like, oh, I don't want God to forgive that. If they confess, they get forgiven. I don't want that. These people got to pay. Sometimes I feel that way. I just do. And sometimes, honestly, it's even hard for me to accept his forgiveness. Like, I know that he forgives. I've seen it in Scripture for years and years and years. But once in a while, it can be just hard to accept it. The interesting thing is, in Psalm 38, King David, David, like King David, David and Goliath, slays the giant, all that. King David says this about himself. One minute he's slaying a giant. The next minute he's feeling crummy about himself. I can relate to that. Maybe you can. Here it is in Psalm 38. David says, My guilt overwhelms me. It's a burden too heavy to bear. I'm bent over and racked with pain. My days are filled with grief. I'm exhausted and completely crushed. Maybe that describes some of your days. Maybe some days you're just tired. Life is difficult. But you definitely don't need to be crushed with guilt. Not from your past mistakes. You don't need that. Not if you embrace God's promise to forgive you. There's a better way to deal with our mistakes. There's God's way. It's a healthier way. It's better for you. God promises us a way that liberates us from our past and offers us a future filled with forgiveness and hope and renewal. That's what God offers. He promises to forgive us if we just admit our mistakes to him and ask. It's right from the Bible, 1 John. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Complete forgiveness and guilt-free living begins with just being honest with ourselves and then also being honest with God. Now, I know it can sound too good to be true, but God says, through faith in Jesus, I will offer you complete forgiveness because Jesus has already taken the punishment for our mistakes. It's also promised in the Bible. They sang about it this morning. It's in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned, all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet now God in his gracious kindness declares us not guilty. He has done this through Christ Jesus, who has freed us by taking away our sins. So with that, now let's look back into the Psalms and see how David himself finally gets some relief from the stuff from his past that bothers him. This is what he says in Psalm 32. When I refused to confess my sin, I was weak and miserable, and I groaned all day long. Honestly, I've done that. 
There have been times when I've made mistakes, and I just didn't really want to talk to God about it. I kind of wanted to more stew in my mistake. I just didn't want to go to God and talk about it. It wasn't the right time for me. It didn't work, but I did it. Maybe you've done that. David goes on. He says, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. So there, from Scripture, we see that to be forgiven, refusing to talk to God about it doesn't work. Um, Hiding from God doesn't work. It just says we have to confess, and then God forgives us. Even before we can forgive ourselves sometimes. It's kind of like this. Maybe you have a friend who... Maybe they do something or they have a bad habit or a bad taste in music or whatever it is that you don't like. But, but you forgive it anyways. There's this thing that sort of irritates you or you wish it wasn't true, but, but you forgive it. You, 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 you overlook it because you care for them. So this thing that you don't agree with or don't like gets overlooked because you care for them so much. This thing is not a relationship ender. Right? You'll put up with their country music taste. You still love them, right? I'm sorry, you all like country music? I, I thought we all didn't like it here, right? If, if this is your first time at RCC, we like fishing, don't like country music so much. That's, that's just me. There's 2,000 other people that have a different opinion, though. You overlook mistakes that people you care about make because you love them. But now for yourself, maybe not so much, right? Maybe you have something... Uh, that you struggle to forgive yourself for, worse than shoes in a closet. Something worse. Something you, you know. And you struggle. God cares for you more than you care for your friends. He does. And he offers to forgive you even when you can't yet forgive yourself. He leads with forgiveness. So with God, all we have to do is confess. You're agreeing. Essentially, this is, this is what confession is. That's kind of a big church word. Confession, you're agreeing with God that something was wrong. Yes, God, I see it like you do, and I understand that's wrong, and I'm sorry. That, that's confession in a nutshell. And when you do that with God, your relationship with him is, immediate, your relationship with him is immediately restored. And get this, when we do that, not only does God forgive us, but he chooses to never think of it again. He chooses to never bring it up. It doesn't matter if it's the fourth time you ask for forgiveness or the 400th or whatever. You say you're sorry. He says you're forgiven, and I'm not going to think about it again. He doesn't go, well, you've already asked for forgiveness not 100 times. He doesn't say that. The Bible says he forgets it. He puts it away out of his mind. It's in Hebrews. I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. So if God himself can choose to forgive you and then not think about it anymore, choose to not think about it, never bring it up, shouldn't we be able to do that for ourselves? Shouldn't you do that for yourself in your life, to forgive yourself and then let it go? We have to forgive ourselves. Living with guilt is, it's not God's plan for you. It's not good for you. And God, as your loving Father, He doesn't want that for you. He doesn't want you to be miserable with guilt. God has already forgiven and forgotten it if you've asked.
But forgiving ourselves can be a, a really tough thing for, for Christian people to do. You know you're a Christian. You know you love God. You know you're trying to follow Jesus. You love Jesus. There's no doubt. You're, you're trying to seek God in everything that you do. You're trying to follow his will. You come to church. You read your Bible. You even go to community group on Tuesday nights. But then you mess up. Then you mess up. And, and oh my, sometimes, ye, you know the ones. The bad ones, right? The, the ones where you really feel crummy about them. Or there's time from your past that you just, you know, was messed up. We tend to keep those mistakes hidden from everyone, right? They're, they're in the corner, bottom of a closet somewhere in your life. And the guilt just builds up inside of you until you get to a point where you kind of feel about yourself like you're useless to God. Like you're just not good enough to be used by God. That's how you feel about yourself. Or maybe you've even felt like a hypocrite. Like, I know I believe in God, and I know I'm trying to follow Jesus, but, you know, I've made these mistakes. And then you step away from church or your, your community group or your friendship circle. You step away, and I've seen it so many times here over the years. Where someone will be coming a lot, and all of a sudden they're not coming, and I'll end up bumping into them somewhere, and we'll just talk a little bit. And it always just comes up. You know, it just kind of comes up naturally. Like, well, you know, I kind of stepped away, stepped away from faith. And it's always because of some messed up thing, and they feel awkward coming back. That's a huge mistake. The last thing you want to do when you make a mistake is step away from God. He's the one person that will forgive you and accept you even in the midst of your mistakes before anyone else would. God does. Don't isolate yourself from God when you're messing up. Go to God when you're messing up. Say, I'm sorry, I screwed up. Again. I don't know why I keep screwing up. I'm sorry. Just be honest with him. Is there some sin in your life that you feel separates you? Or maybe like you're a hypocrite. Are you disqualified? Are you disqualified from doing things with God because you've messed up? Do you think that? God doesn't say that in the Bible. He says quite the opposite. He says he always accepts you. You're never useless to him. You're just human. And he gets that. He's gotten it from the beginning of time. Many, many, many years before you even existed, he understood that humans screw up. And they need to be forgiven and he does that for us. That's what he does. That's what he offers. And that's why we have the giant confessionals in the back of the room today. I don't know if you've ever been to a church. Lots of churches have like confessionals on the side of their worship centers and people go and, and confess their sins. I know you all are so sinful. We had to do huge ones, right? So I'll stand behind there later and you can just holler sins out. And Now... <laughs> No. No, we, we don't have huge confessionals here, and you don't need to confess any sins to me. But I know what happens when you confess to God. Here it is, First John, once again. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. That is either true or it is not. That's been in Scripture for a couple thousand years. God either wanted that there in Scripture for us, or he didn't. You get to decide. Is that true in your life or not? Can you go to God and be forgiven or not? You get to decide. You can embrace it if you want, or you can reject it if you want. But you get to decide in your life. I choose to embrace it. I want to be forgiven by God. I want to have a relationship with God. And I know I'm not perfect. You know, I think a lot of you have been feeling bad about yourself all morning. As soon as I said forgiving, you started thinking, oh boy. And, and there's some, maybe some thoughts of things you're ashamed of that just ran into your head. 
It's natural. Don't worry about it. It's natural when we bring this up to think about your mess-ups or the junk in your life. It's natural. You're human. But this is what's important. Don't dwell on it. Don't get caught up in that. If you do, you're letting the devil win in your life. It's a spiritual battle. It really is. It's not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. Don't let the devil win in your life. Do you know that in the Bible, he's called the great accuser? That, that's who the devil is. In, in Revelation, it says, For the accuser has been thrown down to earth, the one who accused our brothers and sisters before God day and night. That, that's what the devil does in your life, constantly telling you you're not good enough. Don't be close to God. Run from God. You've sinned. Don't get, oh boy, you did that. God doesn't want you. That's what the devil does in your life. He's the accuser. He says you stink, and God says, no, I like you. People have it exactly the opposite. Oftentimes we think of God as up in heaven judging all of our acts, mad at us all the time. We have this, sometimes this view of God that's completely wrong. God is the one in heaven saying, I understand, and I'll forgive you. Stay close to me. That's what God says. People have it backwards. Don't let the devil win. He's the one accusing you. Jesus is the one saying this. The thief comes, or the devil, only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come. Jesus himself says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus wants you to have a full life, a rich life, a life close to his Father and our Father, God. That's why he's come. It says in James 4, 7 that we should submit ourselves to God. That we should resist the devil and he will flee from you. This is an important verse. Because a form of submission to God is confession. That's really what confession is. You're submitting to God. You're saying to God, hey, I did this thing. I know you don't like it. And I'm sorry I did it. And I'm going to try not to do it. I'm submitting to God. His will is greater than mine in my life. So I'm going to try to live like he wants, and I feel bad when I don't. I'm submitting to God and his will in my life. Confession is a form of submission. And when we submit to God, the devil flees from us. That's what God says. You're so close to God, the devil doesn't want any part of it. When you walk away from God, you're like alone in the wilderness. You're a better target. Confession is just simply a form of submission submission to God. And whether today is your first visit ever to RCC, or if you've been here for years, we all have steps to take to grow closer to God in our faith. This, this is a great step to take. You will be closer to God when you can freely talk about your mistakes with Him. You grow closer as you talk about those things with God. And it's my belief that as we do, God will bless us, and our lives will be better this week. I said at the beginning, your life could be better this week. I believe it can be. I believe you can be closer to God this week than last week. And I believe that's a benefit in your life. You just be real with God. Tell him what you're really thinking when you pray. To confess, be real with your mistakes. Just be real with him like you would your best friend. And he will always forgive you. You know, if you're new to RCC, you see the signs all the time now. We, we call it the everybody's, right? There, there's six things that at RCC we want, we want everybody to be able to do. Fit, invite, connect, worship, step, and play. We want everyone to do all six of those things, everyone who attends. That's what our goal is. But today's really all about fits. You need to know you fit. You fit with God. 
I don't care what mess-ups you did this weekend or last week or last year or whenever. I don't care what mess-ups you do next week. You still fit with God. He forgives you. You can't screw up so bad that he's done with you. He's never done with you. He's the parent that's never done with you. He still wants you. You fit. And if you're new here, you fit here. Because we're a whole giant group of people that have messed up. You're never too dirty for RCC. Let us help. We want you to be closer to God. That's the goal. Let us, let us help you take steps, whatever they are. This is a safe place for you to explore your faith, to think about what do you, how do you really feel about things, how do you really want to live. This is a safe place to explore that with no expectations. Just, just be nice to other people. That's the one expectation. And then explore your faith. Grow in your faith. But I think as I'm getting close to the end here, I think there are people here in the room today that would say afterwards on the way out, you know, I've known that stuff for years. There was nothing for me today. For years. I've been a Christian for a long time. For years I've embraced that God forgives me. I believe God forgives me. I I mean, it was a nice reminder today, but I didn't really learn anything new. I wasn't pushed. Mm, So let me push you a little bit. If you've been a Christian for a while, if you've been a follower of Jesus, you should be able to take some tough teaching from time to time. So I'm going to bring some tough teaching for you right now. Here it is. If you know so well that you're forgiven, then live like it. If you're sitting here this morning knowing for years, I know I'm forgiven, live like it. Live like it. That should make every day better. That should change every day of your life. When you wake up in the morning, you know, wow, God loves me and forgives me. I was a ding-dong yesterday, and he still forgives me. This is amazing. It should bring an energy to your life. Live like you're forgiven. Enjoy it. And even more so, share it. If you know so well that God can forgive you, you should be forgiving others, Christian people. You should be inviting others. Like in, We want people to invite, right? Like everyone invites. And, and you might think invite means bring them to church. And, and sure it does. Church is a great place to invite people to. There's lots of great things to invite people to, though. Church is great. We still have seats. That's awesome. Invite them to church. How about this, though? Invite people to understand forgiveness the way you do. You have friends and family and, and coworkers that feel crummy about stuff, and you know it. They're sad or they're lonely or they're angry. They feel rejected by God. Share with them what you know about forgiveness. Because they're as forgiven as you are if they just ask. Share with them. I challenge you. That's the step you would make this week as a Christian person. Don't be afraid to talk about forgiveness with other people. That's how you play. You get to play in God's game. He put you in. I forgave you. Now go share it with other people. Go play. Enjoy it. You have the best message to share. Don't be afraid of that message. There's not for you to judge. But, but you can share. Share with people. As I close, that's what I'm going to pray about. I'm going to pray, first of all, that if thinking about being forgiven by God is a bit new for you today, I'm going to pray that you're able to embrace his forgiveness. And then I'm going to pray for those who have embraced it, that you'll be able to share what God says about forgiveness with everyone you know. So if you want that, don't play, don't play with God now. Don't pray if you don't mean it. But if you want it, bow your heads and I'll say the words for all of us. And then let's go about our weeks 
enjoying what God has given us, and helping others share that as well. Please bow your heads if you want to pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for being so clear in the Bible about forgiveness. God, it's natural for us to sin. We're human and we know that. So we embrace the fact that you forgive us. We thank you for forgiving us and being so clear about it. We want to accept your forgiveness, Lord, and continue to grow our relationship with you. And then, Lord, for those of us that have have said prayers like that many, many times before and that have understood just how much you've forgiven, Lord, help us to share it with others. Help us to share just how good and loving and forgiving you are with everyone that we know. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.